0: We're in a series called 5G, uh, five weeks on 5Gs to get us ready to, to be 5G, the next generation disciple of Jesus Christ. And uh, it's a seven-week series. Did I say five weeks? Yeah, 5Gs and then two added weeks, uh, a little bit more on that in a second. But uh, here are the 5Gs, are on the screen, okay? We want to be a grateful church today. We want to be a grateful church, but these are the 5Gs, uh, glorifying, growing, Grateful, gracious, and generous, right? These are things that every disciple of Jesus Christ should have in them, through them. We should be known by these five Gs. And today we're gonna go after grateful. Okay, now, I say this because James McDonald has ingrained it in my head as one of my mentors, mentors and preachers uh, in my life, okay? Okay. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. You're going to want to write that down on your paper. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living, right? So you're going to have a direction that your life's going to go, and gratitude is going to be the thing that is really going to set the trajectory on where you're going in your life. Truly, it's the watershed moment, okay? Okay. It's the watershed moment. So uh, just think of a roof, okay? When you think of the top of your roof, hopefully you don't have a flat roof because this illustration isn't going to work. Anybody have a flat roof? No? Okay, good. Whew! <laughs> Didn't ruin my illustration. Okay, so you, you have this water. It's going to hit this peak on this house. It's going to go one direction or another, right? And, and you constantly have this moment in your life where water trials, circumstances of life are hitting the peak, right? And, and, and you're going to either funnel that one way or the other. That water is going to go one way or the other, one direction or the other. You're going to choose. You're going to make a decision about whether you're going to be grateful or not. And it's going to send your life in one direction or the other. The best place I can give you this from is Romans 1. So I'm just going to, I'm turned there. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can. It's just going to be quick. Romans 1 verse 8 says, First, Paul speaking, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Talking to the Roman believers, he's like, I'm just really grateful for you. But then in verse 21, if you look across the page, it says, For though they knew God, They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. It's a contrast. There are people that are godly and grateful and there are people that are ungodly and ungrateful. They get something in their head that they have to have, or it's just not the way they want, or they don't acknowledge God at all. And it's ungrateful. There's the narrow road. Not very many people on that road. And then there's the broad road. There's two different directions. There's two paths you can take out of this message when we get done. And I just got to say to you, we tend to take For granted, all that we've received from God and then fail to be grateful. And we fixate on the one thing that we're missing. I really wish we could. I really wish we had. I really wish I didn't have. Whatever it is. This grieves God. The ungratefulness of our own heart grieves God. And so we want to work on that as a church. We want to prepare our hearts. Right now, we've received so much from the Lord. And truly, if we really think about it, we've, we've given so little. We've given just, just so little. So what should we do? What should we do? There's two words, give thanks, right? Um, we have an opportunity today. How many of you guys got this when you walked in today? Did you get this? No, nobody got this. Okay, ushers, I need a couple. Come on now. If you did not get this, this is so important. You need one of these. So, so ushers, come on now. Give me some ushers. We're gonna get some of these cards handed out. If you didn't get one of these, raise your hand because this is really, really important. All right, Tate wants one. Okay. This is really, really important. This is uh, why we're in the 5G. Right? We want to get our hearts healthy. So that we're ready to give, like we've never given before, so that God might have a building on 37th Street that people will drive by and see there's something different, okay, and that they'll hear about, I got to get inside that place, that's a hospital for me, spiritual healing will happen, because the living stones gather there every week, and the Holy Spirit is alive in there, and uh, I know something's going to happen if I get close. So this is our watershed moment. This is our opportunity. You were handed this when you got in. You had an opportunity. What did you respond? Oh, that looks like a financial campaign. It's not. It's an opportunity, right? Financial campaign will follow. This is not that, right? This is just an opportunity to get a piece of land. Or were you like, oh, man, look at this. We're doing something for the Lord, something bigger than ourselves. Yeah, I could never give 200K. But I can hit one of these things on here and if I do my part, we're all gonna hit this number and we're gonna have a piece of land for God's glory. Remember, our goal is 200K, but our, or that's our need, right? But our goal is sacrificial giving. So what does sacrificial giving look like? I put a, we put a, uh, I should say we put, I didn't, uh, Brent, uh, Ben, we're very helpful. Our staff is amazing. You guys, just give it up for our staff. I'm grateful for our staff, right? They're so amazing and they do great work and they get things here on time when their when they're, uh, senior pastor says, I need this now. <laughs> All right. You get it. This is called a giving tree, right? This will get us ready for financial campaigns when we want to build a building, but this is called a giving tree. This is how we look at a possibility of getting 200K. We've looked at giving right? I don't know what anybody gives, but there are people that do, and they've broken it down. They're like, hey, we have this many of these givers, 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 and this is what they could possibly give. And, and so you come up with these numbers. We don't know what you're going to give. You don't probably know what you're going to give. That's why we're giving you a card, so that you can go talk to God about what you're going to give. My recommendation, if you have a husband, wife, is like you get a number, let your wife get a number, and then figure it out, Okay. Because they're going to be different, and that's part of the journey. This is what it looks like to give generously, to give sacrificially. See a number on here? You're like, oh, $1,000. I could give $1,000 right now. I'll just go to the savings account, transfer to the checking, and bam, voila. November 11th, done. That's not necessarily sacrificial giving. It could be. But sacrificial giving, and this is why we have two uh, numbers on here, a kickstart gift. That might be your kickstart gift. And then there's a faith pledge. Faith pledge is like, hey, I don't have the money now. I don't even know if I'm going to have the money. But if God brings that money inside my house by December 31st, I promise I'm going to give it to him. And then you watch God work. You watch God bring that money in your house because he wants to get it to his church. So you're gonna have two numbers on here, you get it. Um, this giving tree will help you kind of hit a number. This is total giving for the whole project. So this is the kickstart plus the faith pledge. All together, what's your number? Which one are you gonna hit, right? And then on the kickstart, you're gonna give that on November 11th. That's something you probably like, hey, we can cut this out of our budget right now. We can have this money by this time. We can get our emergency fund and trim it a little bit and here it is. And then the faith pledge is gonna be something above and beyond that. That you're like, whoa, this is going to be a go-God moment. If God brings this into our house, we're giving it by December 31st. Okay? I've explained it enough. This isn't really the main thing. I just wanted to ask you about our watershed moment, right? Which is, hey, God's given us a property. If we can bring up the money, then we're going to have that property for his glory. We're going to put a building on it one day for his glory. And we're going to see people come to know Christ and be radically changed for his glory. And this is a great opportunity for us, church, to respond, honestly, in, in gratefulness to what God's given. God's given us an opportunity. He's given us a great piece of property for, for a pretty good price. And we're really grateful. And we want to proceed with gratefulness. And by faith, follow him. Right? And whatever trajectory he takes us on, whether it's like, man, we brought in a million dollars. Or we brought in 100000 and we don't get the land. Whatever trajectory, will we be grateful? Will we be grateful? Grateful for the opportunity? Grateful that we have 100,000 more in the building fund and we're just moving along? Will we be grateful? That's the watershed moment. No matter what happens, at the end of this, will we as a church look back and say, we're grateful? We're grateful for that series. We're grateful for that commitment. We're grateful for what we gave. We're grateful for the opportunity to do something special for Jesus Christ. How we respond to this commitment card will send us in one of two directions. And uh, I'm praying that God will do amazing things. So hey, A Grateful Church. That's the title of the message, A Grateful Church. We wanna be a grateful church. Amen? Amen, Amen. we wanna be a grateful church. And uh, a church where, so let's open our Bibles to First Chronicles. That's not a word you hear every day. First Chronicles chapter sixteen. First Chronicles chapter sixteen. Open your Bible there. Are you trying to find it? It's like, hey, where's the table of context? for Second Samuel, for Sig Kings, for Sig Chronicles, right after Ruth and Judges and Joshua and all that, which is right after the first five books of the Bible. You're getting there. All right, there it is. It's good. It's a good thing. Hey, there's one verse I want to point out to you. It's verse 34. Look at verse 34. That's going to be our food for today. We want to be a grateful church, a church where we give thanks, right? A church where we give thanks. Look at it there. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Do you see the punctuation at the back? What does it look like? What does it look like? Exclamation point. Let's just try that again then, huh? 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 Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. It's going to come with some energy when it has that Exclamation point, right? Oh Woo-hoo! Okay, there's some emotion there in the response that David has. He says, give. Freely transfer the possession of. I'm giving it. It's not mine anymore, it's yours. Never mind the fact that it wasn't mine in the first place. You you stewarded it to me, God. And then thanks, thanks is a response due God for his faithfulness, his protection, his mercy. We have to admit that God, you're so good and you deserve all the glory, all the honor and all the praise. So thank you, Lord. That's where we have to get to. We have to admit that. Now, how do we do this? How do you get yourself to that spot? I want to show you a couple of things. I want to show you words and a page, and then I want to show you a a physical, tangible example. Okay? Two things. How do we get there? David, gives us an example in verses 8 through 22. All right? So I'm going to read 8 through 22. I'm going to show you this example, and I call it practicing his presence. Right? We have to practice the presence of the Lord because if God is in this place, we're grateful. If you believe God's sitting right next to you, Brittany, if he's right there, you're like, bam, I'm with him, right? But if you're like, I I just walked in alone. I'm just here for the show. I'm just, just, you know. No, God's in this place. And if we practice his presence, we see him here doing what he's doing. We're grateful for how he's working. All right, here it is. Verse 8, O oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that the Lord has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Are you getting the picture? His chosen ones. Does that mean anything to you today? Read Colossians 3.12 later today. That don't mean something. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. You think that's ended yet? Thousand generations? Shake your head no. Tell your neighbor no. Like, you know, it hasn't ended yet. It's still going. All right? The covenant that he made with Abraham, you can read all about that in Genesis, and his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant. This cannot be broken. God is that powerful. Saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan and your portion for an inheritance. When you were few in number, of little account the sojourners in it Wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. Again, you're going to walk out of here after communion today, clean, ready to go, right? Confessed up. And I hope you walk out of here with verse 22 in mind. Touch not my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. You are God's prophets. You are the ones that are going out to testify for his name. You are God's people, God's anointed and chosen ones. The Holy Spirit residing in you. I understand that this is Israel, but I read the rest of the Bible too, and I know what place you have as followers of Jesus Christ. We have power, and we need to give thanks for that power. And in order to do that, we have to practice his presence. So let me put these five things on the board, five things that you can practice this week and it'll help you practice his presence. Here's the words from the text. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Pray. Spend some time in prayer this week. Tell God how awesome he is. Tell God what you're thankful to him for. The second thing, proclaim. Proclaim, it says, to make known his deeds among the people, skip down, tell of all his wondrous works, verse 9. Proclaim, tell others about the provision and power that God's given you. I had an opportunity to do that this week. I had lots of medical appointments and, and when I was there, it's, uh, I had lots of opportunity to testify for God. And it was awesome, just being faithful to him and God just showing up. And I could sense his presence was there as I proclaimed, God is alive in me. And then three, praise. It says in verse nine, sing to him, sing praise to him. Sing songs out loud to God. We did that this morning, didn't we? Did we? I don't know. Some people come and they just stand while we sing. Or they sing really softly, not not too loud. I don't want to be heard. I don't have that problem. (laughs) I sing loud. I don't know if it's good or not. But it's going to be loud. Because I'm grateful. And I know he's here listening. And when he hears, he's going to be like, that guy. That guy right there thinks I'm real. And he wants me to work in his life. You just gotta maximize your dial. That's all you gotta do. In gratefulness, practicing the presence of the Lord, this, pursue him. Pursue him. It says in verse 11, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek him, pursue him. Continually. And then the rest of this passage from verse 12, remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles, his judgments. Verse 15, remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. And he goes on and talks about how his covenant is with us and how amazing it is. Ponder. Remember, ponder. The wonderful things that God has done for you. Ponder them. So I said I'd give you a words example, that's it. And I said I'd give you a practical example. So here you go. I was on this pad. Thank you, Chris Olala, for buying me a nice knee pad so my knees don't hurt. She's a great assistant. Not, not lying. And uh, I, was, I have one of these for home and one of these for work. And I recommend it to every one of you. It'll help you get on your knees. And I got on my knees in my bed, I was preparing this last yesterday a little bit and I was on my bed and I could see out the window and out the window, I have a fabulous view. (laughs) Don't be jealous. Be grateful. I could see the clouds blowing across and I could see the trees moving in the wind and I could see in the valley the tall grass shaking. It was windy yesterday. (laughs) And I could hear The wind blowing, whistling around the house, shaking the house a little bit. I had some music playing. Elevation Worship has a new uh, album out. You should listen to it. It's fabulous, glorifying to God. And I was thinking about how all of the air in the room was just a picture of God filling up the room. He's the wind, right? He's the air. And I was thinking about the picture of God in me as I breathe in and as I blow out and how he's in me and through me and he's in the room and he's not held by this room. He's in my neighborhood. He's blowing through the, the neighborhood and, and the clouds. I mean, he's, he's all in the atmosphere and, and, and the universe. This is the God we serve. And it immediately brought me to the presence of God that He's not just everywhere all at one time, but that He's right here in me, with me. And I was grateful. We give thanks. We give thanks. Who do we give thanks to? We give thanks to the Lord. That's the next point. That's the next point. We give thanks to the Lord. Now, lest we move on too quickly from giving thanks, I would like you to take just a minute. And this should be easy. If it's not, this will be a good test for you. But if you just wrote down, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for, could you just write five or 10 things right now, quick? Boom, go ahead. Just, I'm grateful for, bam, 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 bam. I'm grateful for. Make a list of things you're grateful for Again, it should be easy as you're making that list, either mentally or with a pen. Could I ask you a question? What are you grateful for? That's written right there now, isn't it? These are the things you're grateful for. And who? Are you grateful too? Does that reflect anything? We're grateful, right? We give thanks. We're a church where we give thanks to the Lord. To the Lord. That's the next phrase here in verse 34. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. This is basically a sermon in a sentence. You know what's coming now. We give thanks to the Lord. The Lord. The Lord is an interesting um, Word. It's Yahweh. It's used 6,800 times in Scripture in the Old Testament. It's the covenant name of God, our Father. It means to be, to exist. It means I am who I am. I'm ever living. I'm unchangeable, which truly makes God worthy because he's the one that existed and created us. He deserves our thanks and our gratitude. In this passage that I'm reading right here, 16 times he uses the word, the Lord. He's making a statement. This is David celebrating the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of God's presence being brought into a tent Not a building, not the temple, but a tent in Jerusalem. The ark was finally back to where it should be. And David brought it there. And during that, he's like, God, we're so grateful for you. God, we're so grateful for you. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Look at verse 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols. Back to Romans 1, huh? All the things that we make gods, the football game, the food we eat, the money we make, Yada, 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 whatever your God is, little G, it's a worthless idol. But the Lord, he made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. What do you think that offering should be? I got one word for you. Gratefulness. I think you ought to bring a gratefulness to the table of communion today. A gratefulness to the table of your heart and saying, God, I want to have a grateful heart. That's my offering to you today. Change me. Please, Lord. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. That's his name. The Lord reigns. This is who we're grateful to. Let the sea roar and the, all that fills it. That means the fish, I'm pretty sure. And let the field exult and everything in it. I think that's all the beasts of the uh, field Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy. Even the plants are extolling the Lord. Before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, is it, is it, are you aware now of why he uses the word oh? Like he's pretty amped up by now. Oh, after all that I've said now, woo! Give thanks to the Lord. That's what David says. Here's some verses on that from the New Testament that have really encouraged me to be thankful to God. Ephesians 5.20. Give thanks always and for everything to God, the Lord, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Can you see where the Lord's involved? God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit in us, the one giving thanks. And then Hebrews chapter 28. Hebrews 28 is so powerful. You should go read it this week. It starts by saying we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. We should be grateful for that. And then it talks about the fact that Jesus died for us on a cross and that he shed his blood and became obedient, despising the shame, (laughs) but he took the cross anyway. And then it says that we have not shed, we have not suffered yet to the shedding of blood. Yeah, I haven't shed my blood to suffer for Jesus yet. Nobody's cut me. I haven't died yet for Jesus I'm grateful for that. But also be grateful to die for Jesus, right? And I think that's the point. And he gets to the end of the passage and he says this, the end of chapter 12 says this, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom. This isn't just the church. This isn't just on the earth. This is a kingdom for eternity a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship. Again, what is the acceptable worship? A heart of gratefulness. Like, with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. References back to Exodus when they came to the mountain and it shook. And God was like, I'm here. And they were like, please never talk to us again. Because you're too much. There's a reverence and an awe for God. And I think in our um, Western world, our, our American Christianity, we've kind of forgotten about. We kind of get like, God's my homeboy. He's my friend. And I think that, that's true. We're servants of God, but he's called us friend, John 15. <laughs> but there's also a reverence. to his name. There's a holiness that he has that we do not apart from him. And we need that. We need that. I want to challenge you to begin to say these words. I'm thankful to God for. I'm thankful to God for. Go ahead, say it. I'm thankful to God for. You start saying those words. I'm thankful for, to God for my wife. Right? Amazing woman. Amazing woman. I'm thankful to God for my kids. I'm thankful to God for this church. Above that all, I'm thankful to God for salvation, for freedom in Jesus Christ, to be who he's called me to be. I'm thankful to God for, there's so many things, but this one thing, forgiveness. I'm thankful to God for forgiveness. Forgiveness is such a powerful thing. Bitterness is such a heinous thing, such an evil thing. We want to be grateful, right? Do you know the opposite of grateful? Ungrateful. Well, that's easy. That was cute. Here, write this down. Greedy. I want more from you. I want more from you. Just so you know, that's not what this 5G thing's about. I look at the back of the bulletin. You guys are already given in spades. I don't know what anybody gives. I don't know who's given and who's not. But as far as I'm concerned, as a church, we're a giving church. right? So that's not what this is about. I don't want more. <laughs> I just see an opportunity to do something special for God. I'm not greedy. I'm grateful. This critical. Sometimes instead of being grateful, we're critical. That's not the way I wanted it done. Why didn't you do it this way? This is how I would have done it. (laughs) Instead of saying, I'm grateful to God for you, I'm saying, I wish you would have done it my way. And then there's flat out rude. You didn't do anything for me at all, and therefore I'm not grateful. These are other attitudes that we could pick instead of gratefulness and I pray that we will choose gratitude as the attitude that sets the altitude for living. Let's be grateful people, church. Let's be grateful for what God has given us. I gotta get through the next two points in about five minutes. This is gonna be interesting. Here we go. We give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Is he good? That was a good answer. But if we're going to be honest, there's times I don't think he's good. I haven't really talked a lot about this, but I have a, a bad back. Do you ever question God's goodness? Do you ever just like, man, I don't know if you're good today, God? That's tough to admit. I'm sorry. I got to admit it, but it's hard. I want to be better than that. But sometimes when you're in pain, you're like, how is this good, God? You know, you read through Job and you're like, why would you do that, God? God. But it was good because God is good. And we know this categorically. I've had a back injury since 2005. July of 2005, I was on a missions trip. I picked up a teenager, twirled around, set him down and said, I saw that on WWF, but it didn't feel like that. I sat down to do devotions in our God and I time and 45 minutes later, I couldn't get up. That was the first week of a two-week trip It was like the last end of it. In two days, we were going on a wilderness trip to hike the Appalachian Trail, 20 some miles in four days. As the leader of the trip, I thought it was a good idea to not stay in the hotel, but to go on the backpacking, which turned out to be a very bad idea. I did make it. It was humbling. Many of the kids, student leaders, were awesome and just started to take things out of my pack. So all I had to do is carry the backpack itself. They carried extra. God started to humble me. The back issue is a good thing if you look at it with the right eyes. From two, I got a steroid shots in 2005, December of 2005. Two of them in one week. And things were better. I got better from 2006 to 2011. And in 2011, in this very spot, October 9th, I'll never forget it. The second Sunday we were at church, I picked up an empty guitar case. I was just trying to be helpful. And when I picked it up, I thought somebody shot me in the back. And I was like, what just happened? Nobody hit me. But I was lame. Been struggling with that for the last seven years. I've talked about it. If you've been here a while, you probably know this. Um, but for you that are new, uh, the last couple of weeks, I've kind of stood, held on to this pulpit because I couldn't stand very well. Um, you're on the journey with me. I'm your senior pastor. I'm grateful for your prayers. And I'm not telling you this so you'll feel sorry for me. This, the point is, God is good. The point is, God is good. So I want to tell you how God's good in it all, right? I've never admitted this, not even to my wife, and so I don't know why I'm admitting it now, but uh, you know pornography was in my past. I was in a very bad spot. When my back got hurt, that became a secondary issue, right? It was like God saying, like, I'm not gonna let you screw your life up. I'm gonna get you on track. It's because of the back issue that I confessed pornography to my wife and got freedom from that. It's because of this back injury that I walk in dependence on Jesus Christ. This week, rather than going to Vertical Church Conference, I stayed home. First time in several years, since 2002. That was really hard for me, mentally, spiritually. Why, God? Are you good? But after a week of being at home, watching on live stream, thank you, Luke McDonald, and being at all these medical appointments where I was able to share the gospel of, Je- of Jesus Christ with people, and where three people, Katie, Emily, and Deanna, all were like, man, I should come to your church. I should come check that out. I feel like God is good. He has a plan. Whether I'm headed to surgery or not, I have no idea. We'll see. it take a couple weeks. But I know God is good. So I'll finish the story On Friday, I was down at Mayo. My appointment for an injection was November 7th. And I was like, that's gonna be a while. So how about I just go sit there until you call me? Because I got a message to prepare and I can do that here in pain as well as I can do it at home in pain or at the office. So I sat at a desk on Gonda 15. And the desk faced toward Gonda 15 East which is interesting because that's not where I was going. Gonda 15 South was where I was going. But in Gonda 15 East, guess who's there? People that have hand problems, arm problems, and leg problems. So names are called. And people come forward. Worse than me. Every one of them. Some dead arm, some no arm. Amputee. So, I'm no leg. And I'm thinking to myself shoot, I have all that. Why am I not grateful? I have my legs, I have my arms. Why am I not grateful? And then I laid down on that table. They called me on Friday, which was great. I laid down on that table. And I thought to myself, go to your happy place. They're sticking a big needle in your back. (laughs) (laughs) They pay this lady to strap up and cover herself because there's uh, radioactive things going on. It's like you're getting x-rays all the time. And uh, this lady's there (laughs) fully clothed in like whatever to cover. And uh, and, uh, she's like just to distract you. She's just to talk to you and get you to your happy place. And we had fabulous God conversations and I thought to myself, this is my watershed moment. I can choose to be grateful right now, regardless of how the outcome comes out or not. I might not walk out of here. I might be going to surgery or I might have complete relief and I don't know, but I'm preaching on gratefulness and God, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, is ringing in my head. And I pray that it'll be ringing in your head as you walk out of here today. And that as you come to your watershed moment, you'll be like, I just know the Lord's good. I just know he's good. And so I'm gonna trust him no matter what happens and I'm gonna walk forward with it in gratefulness. We have to be a grateful church Thanks for listening to my story. I appreciate it. It's a good story because God is good. Gratefulness is a choice. Will I gladly accept whatever God allows or brings my way and be grateful? Because he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. That's the last point. For his steadfast love endures forever. I can't preach this point, but how about I let you Um, you can preach it to yourself on on the afternoon. Write down Psalm 136. Go ahead, write it down. And go read that today. I was planning to read it. And I was going to read the first part. So maybe you could do this with your spouse or a friend. I was going to read the first part, and then you were going to read the second part. Guess what the second part is all the time? For the steadfast love of the Lord, right? For... For his steadfast love endures forever. For his steadfast love endures forever. For his steadfast love endures forever. He just keeps saying that. So there's only one thing I can't miss on this point, and that is this. Let me read the rest of this passage. Say also, save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather and deliver us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed Be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. This last phrase, I'll put it up. God can be counted on in every situation and at all times to be completely faithful to his promise to his people. Would you read the word this week? And experience all the promises that God has for you. And know that he will keep his promises to you. And be grateful. Be grateful. The verses give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his love. His steadfast, loyal, his seed love, his loyal loyalty endures forever forever. I want you to think about all that God's done for our church over the last seven years. I want you to think about it. How long have you been here? And what has he done for you in the time that you've been attending this church? How has he been faithful to you? How has he been steadfast? And I want you to be grateful to God that we get to be a part of him working in the future. And then you take this card in your hand, and you take it home and you go, God, I'm grateful for everything you've done and I just want to know how you're going to use me to be a part of the future because we're going to be grateful for that too no matter what he does. All right? Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful. We're grateful to you for everything you've done in our lives. God, I thank you um, For legs and for arms and for air that's entering my lungs, which reminds me of who you are. We can't manufacture this wind, you've supplied the air. Blow in this service, God. Blow with your spirit inside right now. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I pray that people will find victory over bitterness or greediness or critical spirits or just plain being rude. I pray that they will practice being in the presence of the Lord and that they will know and give thanks to you, Lord, for you are good. Your steadfast love endures forever. And all God's people said, amen.